the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christmas Center here in Sunday, San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast that I pray is being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. We're sharing a powerful message with you that's called Being Imitators of Christ. God our Father has given an assignment to you and me to be imitators of Him. To help us be successful imitators of Him, He gave us the perfect example of somebody who can show us how to successfully imitate Him. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is who God gave all of us to look to, to know what it looks like to be an imitator of Him. Jesus was the perfect person that God gave us to be a perfect example to help me and you imitate God like He wants us to do. When we conform ourselves to Jesus' example and live our lives like He did, we'll live the kind of life that God wants all of us to live. That's because Jesus lived the kind of life that God wants all of us to one day live. A life lived that successfully imitates our Father. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Being Imitators of Christ. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Just like before Jesus came the first time, his representatives was doing the opposite of what it is that God was doing. And God came and talked to his representatives before he came. It's the same way God's about to come this time. And he's coming and talking to his representatives before he comes. Malachi chapter 1. Hmm. Interesting pattern here. Malachi chapter 1. <laughs> I love the Lord. Malachi chapter 1. Here we get a chance to hear a prophecy where God took, spoke through Malachi. In fact, if you had one of those Bibles where the Old Testament was written in red, only verse 1 is in black. Add thing turned red from that point forward because God started talking from that point forward. Hallelujah. He said in verse 1, The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, wherein have thou loved us? Did you hear that? God said, I loved you. Well, wherein do you love me? They don't even know how he loved them. Just like a lot of folk walking in the body of Christ now don't even know God loved them. They don't even know how God loved them. They don't know, we, you know, we say God loves you. Yeah, yeah, I know. You say that, I know. You don't, you don't even know. He said, was not Esau Jacob's brother? Said the Lord. Yet I love Jacob, and I hated Esau, and laid his mountain and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. And then he says some, some other things about it, how he, you know, he jacked it up. Verse 6. He said, a son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If I then be a father, where's mine honor? And if I be a master, where's my fear, saith the Lord of hosts, unto you? O priest that despise my name. And listen what they said. 
Wherein have we despised your name? Which means they don't even know how they despise his name. Now, these are his priests, his representative, the ones that's trained to represent him, the ones that's trained to be able to know exactly what he think about everything and how things ought to be ordered so that God can never be pleased and he can stay connected with his people his people can stay connected with him. But here the priests are, don't know, don't know nothing. Huh? Wherein have we polluted thy name? And that's what's happening in the church today and stuff like that. What? What? What I do? Everybody else doing it. What? Beyonce doing it. What? Well, give me some of them other folk y'all listen to. Praise God. I'm, I'm, I'm about to end my name right now. Praise God. They do it. They don't, they don't reality TV doing it. I'm so. What? God say, excuse me. You my representative. You, not have, you should never have to ask me that. You're supposed to know this. But the priests had gotten so bad. Ask me how bad. how bad. They didn't know it no more. Ooh, ooh, wait a minute. Ain't that the priests of the living God nowadays in the midst of the house of God? They don't even know what God wants. They don't even know what God expects. That's why they live any old kind of life outside the parameters and don't even know it. When you've decided my name, verse 7 says, ye, ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar. And you say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that you say the table of the Lord is contemptible. I ain't worth going to church. I ain't going to church. I ain't going to do all that. I don't think it take all that. In fact, I've been listening to somebody tell me I don't have to do all that. And if he offered a blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? If he offered a lame and a sick, is it not evil? Huh? Huh? Well, offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee and accept thy person, save the Lord of hosts? And now I pray you, beseech God that he may be gracious unto us that this hath been by your means. I'm so glad I ain't in the Old Testament. Praise God. Will he regard your person, save the Lord of hosts? See, God, see the representatives are no longer even represented him in actions or speech. Man, you can see all kinds of stuff that they were doing. They were divorcing folk left and right, kicking the, their, their, their spouse that they had been with all the time to the curb and going to get them a young honey. Praise God, that was, that was outside of the church, outside of the, the body of Christ and, you know, living all kinds of ways, you know. Instead of, you know, being thankful to God and looking at God for their spouse and say, I thank, they kick them to the, kick them to the street and go get a skank. Praise God, and they was doing all kinds of stuff. Go to, go to Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Lord said, for I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. The only reason why you ain't jacked is because I don't change. He said, even from the days of your daddies, you gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Listen to this. Return unto me, and I will turn unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you don't know, these is his representative. You don't know, they don't know exactly how to return unto him. But look what they said. But ye say, wherein shall we return? They don't even know where to return. They got so bad, they don't even know what they're supposed to do no more. Even when God beckoned his representative to return unto him, they said, wherein do we return? Demonstrating they didn't even care enough for him to be able to recognize that they weren't even with him, representing him no more, and didn't even remember how to get back there, even if they need to get back there. And if they can't get back there, sure enough, they ain't going to show nobody else how to get there. And that's their job is to connect people to God and God to the people, and they ain't doing no connecting because they ain't even connected. Just like in the church of the living God, a lot of folks walking around disconnected and don't even know it. 
Now, I know theologically, praise God, we're in Christ, and we're always we're in Christ. I know that. Don't go there with me. I got A's and all that stuff, but I'm trying to raise a point here. But we want walking with God. Because if you don't walk with God, the Bible says, how can two walk together lest they agree? Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Because what happens, one person walks in holiness and the other one walks in unholiness. One person goes in one direction and the other one goes in another direction. And the church of the living God is going in another direction that God has in store for them. That's what I mean. about. That's why God said, return back to me. Because God ain't coming over there. You come over here. Is anybody hearing me up in here? You don't want to work with me. Praise God. By the time Jesus showed up in the New Testament, most of the religious people couldn't even recognize that he was God with them. Even though the prophecies told us that we're going to have Emmanuel, God with us. They didn't even know he was there. I'll show you. John chapter 1. They didn't even know it. All these religious leaders, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Essenes, the Herodians, everybody else. They didn't even know. Jesus showed up. They didn't even know. James <laughs> That's like mind-boggling to me. They represent God. They don't even know God there. They represent John chapter 1. Help me, Lord. Verse 10 says, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. They didn't know That's why they tried to crucify the Lord of glory. They called him a heretic. They called him the son of Bilal. They called him Beelzebub. They called him everything else but a child of God. They called him everything, but they tried to kill him. Remember, he did his very first message. They snatched him up and tried to throw him off a cliff. God! Verse 11 says, he came unto his own and his own received him not. Oh, but here go the good news. But as many as received him. Anybody here received him? But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Those of us who have received him, he gave us the power to become sons of God. That word power is the word exousia or exousia. It depends on which Bible school you went to. Praise God, the hood one calls it exousia and the other one calls it exousia. The suburban one is exousia, but whichever one you go to, praise God. Spell the same regardless, E-X-O-U-S-I-A, S-I-A. And it means the right, the privilege, and the authority. God gave us the right, the privilege, and the authority to become sons of God. He gave us the authority to become sons of God. Although none of us deserve being sons of God, he gave us the authority by receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now we are authorized, deputized to be sons of God on this earth. Praise God. He gave us the right to be sons of God. It's right to be son of God. We got the right to be a son of God. And he gave us the privilege to be a son of God. It's a privilege to be a son of God. Baby, you can walk like don't nobody else walk. You can talk like nobody else talk. You can live like nobody else live. Because when Jesus walked this earth, he never, never broke a day in his life, sick a day in his life, lived nothing but life all his life. Even when it came time for him to die, he said, I got to lay my life down. And even when I do, I'm going to pick it back up again. Is anybody hearing me up in here? Because that's just how he rolled. And God said, I want you to imitate me so I can give you that same dominion. I can, you can walk that thing out like he did too. Folk didn't even know who he was. See, we've been given a right, privilege, and authority to become a son of God. See, those of us who are born again are born again with God's intended de- destination of being like God. He, we have an intended destination to be like God. 
First John chapter three, please. My God, I'm revved up right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't know what I'm doing for you. I pushed my button on a long time ago. First John chapter. Shot that I both I'm revved up. That's why they call me Reverend Rodney Pearson. Praise God. Because <laughs> I'm revved up all the time. First John chapter three. See, when we, the sons of God, get the chance to see Jesus, we're going to see that we just like him. I'll show it to you. First John chapter three, verse one. It says, behold, which means check it out. Don't miss this. What manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us that we, yes, we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. We all don't know who he is. We supposed to know who he is. So if the world don't know who he is and we who's supposed to know who he is don't know who he is. We're, we're up the creek without a paddle. Because the only one that's supposed to know who he is don't know who he is. We in trouble. Satan said, I already got the world. I don't have to worry about them. All I'm working on now is the church. Because if I can take the church, ain't nothing in my way. That's why verse 2 said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. When we see the Lord, I mean, when he split this guy to come get you and I, we're going to see we just like him. When we drop this earthy and step into the pure spiritual, we're going to be like, wow! Everybody going to be shouting in, praise God. Folks are usually all quiet in service, like, man, they're just so loud. As soon as you look at yourself, you're going to be like, wow! You're going to be like, dang! Dang! We're going to be tripping the heck out because we're going to see what we like. God made us just like him. God made us just like him. We just don't know it because we're covered with so much earthy. We can't tell the difference. We haven't let him appear. See, he, we don't have to wait till he split the sky to come get you and I. He appeared right here because he said, yo, I come in the volume of a book. It is, it, it, it is written of me to do thy will, O father. And part of the will is to convert us and, and conform us into the image of the son. Which means when we get a chance to see him, we're going to see what we just like him. We're going to see we are bad somebody. But there's only one problem with that. The only problem, only problem with that is that it's a little too late for on earth. Because now we're going to heaven. When we're supposed to be on earth, dominating. When we're supposed to be on earth, living great. When we're supposed to be on earth, glorifying God. But now we're going up to heaven. I don't know about you. I've decided to find out about that earlier. Because if that's what's going to happen, and he already told me what's going to happen, well, let's get it going now. I'm different. I ain't into that later. Listen now. When I was growing up, praise God, in the hood, shoot, when you was in school and somebody walk up to you fronting, and they talking about, hey, when we get outside, we going to fight. I tell them, all right. I say, all right, where, where you want me to meet you? And they be like, well, meet me in the playground over there about a the baseball diamond. I said, all right. And they like, yeah? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as they turn around, whoa! <laughs> what are we waiting for? Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I've always been that way. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> I ain't into waiting like that. Praise God. If we can do that now, let's do it now. He said, now are we the sons of God. I ain't got to wait till then. We can do it now, praise God. 
I done lost half the audience right here. Turn to, turn to Romans chapter 8. Oh, my God. What kind of pastor is this? Thuggish. That's what it is. Thuggish. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's why God brought you here, to get you thuggish in the things of God, too. Praise God. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. Because you're still trying to put off till tomorrow to, to defeat the devil. Jump on his tail now. See, when we got born again, we were predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. Predestined, which means we had a destination ahead of time. This is the place that God wanted to get me and you to. And this is what he's working on right now, talking to me and you. He said in Romans chapter 8, start reading at verse 28. He says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, gave us a destination ahead of time. And where's that destination? To be conformed to the image of his son. To be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's our destination. To be conformed into the image of his son. That word conformed right there means jointly formed. Jointly formed. Which means the same way one was formed, the other one's supposed to be formed. Because they're jointly formed. And they're jointly formed to be able to be brought together. Praise God to become one. Figuratively, it means similar, similar. We're supposed to be similar to God. That's, that's what God's intention for me and you is. That's the destination he got planned for me and you, is to be similar to Christ. See, God intends for each of us to be conformed into being similar to Christ. The word similar means showing resemblance in qualities, characteristics, or appearance. Showing resemblance in qualities, characteristics, and appearance. That's both likeness and image put together from the Old Testament. God intends us to be conformed back into the likeness and the image of God. That word similar means alike, but not identical, which means we're going to be just like him in every way, but it's going to be enough ways that they're going to say that we like him. We're similar. Is anybody hearing me up in here? It also translates fashioned like unto. We're going to be fashioned like unto him. Now that phrase fashioned like unto means to be shaped, to be cut, to be patterned, and to be a specific standard, to be shaped, to be cut, to be patterned, to a specific standard. I like that. We're supposed to be fashion-like. But for us to be fashion-like, then that means there has to be a specific standard. And that specific standard is Jesus Christ. I was telling the earlier service, praise God, I, I go back a few more years on some of y'all. I remember when folk used to make their clothes. And they used to look good in them. Praise God. They used to make their clothes. Praise God. I remember, I remember the ladies, praise God, most of the ladies had a sewing machine. Some of y'all like a sewing machine. Just Google it. I ain't got time. Just Google it. It's called a sewing machine. Praise God. Amen. It's called a sewing machine. And that's where they would go to the millinery store. And that's, 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 that's the material store. That's where they're getting clothing from. I mean, material from. Yeah. And they would go get that. And, and, and what they would do is that they would go get a boat of of material, praise God. And then they would stop by the um, pattern area and pick up a, a pattern, Vogue, Butterick, or, 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 or McCall, or what's, uh, Simplicity. Come on now, that's what a lot of people, they're like, give me Simplicity, praise God. Vogue, Butterick, and McCall, and, and, and Simplicity. They go get a pattern, praise God. Whereas everything was already the shape that it needed to be in order to make what you needed to make. The sleeves were already diagrammed out. And your job was to cut it out, praise God. Cut that bad boy out and then lay it out on a big old table, praise God. And then you lay your material out. And then you lay that pattern on top of it. And then your job was then to come and cut 
all the material off of there that don't need to be there so that the only thing be left is what you need. To cut everything off of there that doesn't need to be there so that the only thing be left is that sleeve. And then it will show you where to attach it and where to put it together. And when you attach it where you told it to attach it, you come out and, whoa, you got your sweet-looking outfit. Not one sleeve up here, one sleeve down there. Praise God. You got your sweet-looking sweet outfit, looking all doofus and stuff. You know, you, you know, it was the way it's supposed to be. And people could say, man, that's a sweet-looking outfit right there. Praise God. Well, see, that's what God wants to do with you. God wants to fashion you. Because when he, he, when, when he received you, just like when we used to go to the millinery store and buy a bolt of, of um, pat fabric, it was more fabric than was actually needed. But the seamstress or the tailor's job was to cut off what needed. And then that which is needed, cut it into the pattern that it's designed to be in. Put that together and it would turn out to be like it's supposed to be. See, when God bought you out of the slave market of sin, there was a lot of stuff on you that don't need to be there. And he need to get rid of that so he can release the beautiful thing that he intends. I was telling the earlier service, it's like that when a sculptor, sculptor, makes a sculpture, that when a sculptor makes a sculpture, he buys a block of wood, block of marble, block of clay, something else that he makes, that he makes it out of. And everybody else just see that block. But that, mas- but that masterpiece, but that, that sculptor looks inside and sees a masterpiece. He sees a masterpiece that's trapped inside of all this extra stuff. And so then he goes and get his chisel and starts knocking stuff off that don't need to be there in order to free up that masterpiece that's on the inside of there. He knows exactly what it's supposed to be. So he starts knocking stuff off, chiseling stuff off. Some stuff, he got to hit it with a big hammer. Whoop! Knock a whole side of it off. Praise God. And stuff like come on, that, that, that's how some of y'all feel when y'all come up in here to church sometime. Whoop! Praise God. Because I had to knock a whole chunk off. Praise God. It wasn't supposed to be there. But just sit still. There's a masterpiece I'm trying to release. I'm trying to get off of you all this stuff that's on you that ain't supposed to be on you. Like there's another part, praise God, where he takes his time and says, And sometimes you be coming in here and you just feel tick, tick. Well, other times, whoop! <laughs> but just sit still because the masterpiece is coming up. If it's wood, praise God. Sometimes they just sand and saw some parts off, just, you know, softly. Sometimes, <laughs> somebody got to be feeling me up here. Sometimes I got to work, so I got work to do, baby. But I'm going to get it off for you. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed with what the Word of God had to say. I really hope that you're saying that the Father's desire for all of us who are His is to be like Him. I hope even more that you're seeing the importance of living our lives like He wants us to do, that is, imitating Him. Because if we do, then we'll do everything we need to do to fulfill God's desire for me and you, to live the awesome life that can only be lived when we live our lives imitating Him. 
If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238 or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'd be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP, but it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. I guarantee you, you'll be blessed when you do. And speaking of coming through, I invite all the single unmarried saints in San Antonio and surrounding areas to a fellowship that's held at Word of Faith just for you. We invite all the single unmarried saints in San Antonio and surrounding areas to come out to our G2B, that's our glorified to be uniquely here singles fellowship this Friday evening. It's a monthly single seminar that God has brought here to San Antonio for the single saints here in San Antonio. It's a monthly single seminar that you don't have to fly away to or pay half a pay to go to. It's free and it's right here in San Antonio just for you. It's an evening out for the single saints that's done on the fourth Friday of every month for all the single unmarried saints in San Antonio and surrounding areas of all ages come together in a casual atmosphere and have food and fun and fellowship and get a powerful word from God that will help them to live successfully in their singleness. So come on through. I guarantee that you'll be blessed when you do. There's no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. It starts at 7 p.m. and it lasts until, hey, it's a night out. You don't need to find a babysitter because child care is provided at no charge. Neither I, VIP transportation service is available for this too. So come on through and bring a few single saints with you when you do. You'll be glad you did, and they will too. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word to in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 